You are listening to TLRStation.com. Worldly Connections is all about bringing magic into your life. Janet Wizawadi, visionary coach and consultant, is on a mission to empower people to keep moving forward, have a vision, and trust that something good will come of it. Worldly Connections inspires listeners to live happy and be happy through the power of conversation and positive energy from Janet and other experts who believe that life is a team sport and when you work together, miracles happen. And now, here is your host, Janet Wizawati. Welcome to Worldly Connections on TLR Station. And today I have a very interesting guest. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of feng shui, but it can literally change your life. And when I met Anita, I found very interesting what she does. And I have heard a little bit about feng shui, but not uh, I haven't practiced it. So today I've put Anita on, brought Anita on to talk to us about how feng shui can change someone's life, their environment, their health, their energy. And so welcome, Anita. I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. Thank you for having me, Janet, and it's uh, something I'm very passionate about, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to share some information with your listeners that will be applicable for them in their environment. Wonderful. So what got you into this, Anita? Ah, So I have a background in horticulture, so I've uh, worked with Mother Nature for uh, it's going on 40-plus years now. And uh, it was just something that intuitively, instinctively, uh, you know, I was always very aware of my environment and wanting to make changes. And it wasn't until uh, 1997 I attended a conference in Banff, Alberta, and I met this wonderful person um, by the name of Jan Tober, who introduced me to the term feng shui. And, you know, she explained a little bit about it, and then it was just kind of like it was one of those aha moments, and it all clicked, and it went, yes, that's what I've been doing uh, intuitively, instinctively my whole life. And it was just amazing that somebody finally put uh, a name to it. And so really, Janet... Everyone, what I've discovered in the past 20 years of um, practicing and learning about feng shui is that we all do it instinctively, intuitively, and, uh, you know, it's just a matter of putting the, the, the terminology to it or, you know, having some tools to, to make your environment um, just that much more in tune with who we are personally. And so, you know, it's been an incredible journey. I still continue to learn every day um, through my own environment, through working with clients. Uh, and it's just, you know, what it's very, very rewarding. And it's, uh, it's just an amazing journey that I've been on. So I'm just happy to share with you. Can you give us a little bit of history about what feng shui is? Some people probably have never heard of it and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or they've heard just it mentioned, but don't really understand what feng shui is. 
Right. Okay, so let's go back to the term feng shui. The words themselves, feng means wind and shui means water. And so basically it's joining the seen and unseen forces. So the unseen force of the wind having cause or uh, change on the seen forces of the water. And so in the Asian cultures... Um, you know, this goes back four or five thousand years ago, where they would um, choose the most auspicious burial site for their next of kin. You know, having a nature in its, you know, most beautiful environment because they felt if they buried their next of kin uh, in those particular sites that they would be bestowed heavenly uh, riches for the remainder of their earthly lives. And so that's really where it kind of started. And so it was really looking at um, the natural environment and seeing what Mother Nature did, right? So Mother Nature, I say, always leaves clues. And so when she creates this beautiful environment where the birds love to sing and the animals come and, you know, everything is in balance and harmony, then, you know what, that's, they took their cue and started to bring those uh, influences indoors to their indoor environment. And so over, you know, this period of 4,000 years, um, you know, it's, it's uh, developed into almost a science. There are some, uh, you know, scientific energies that are applied to feng shui uh, in the Eastern culture. And so it can be very... Um, difficult for us Westerners to kind of, you know, look at from their perspective because, you know, it has to do with um, the, the date and year you were born and uh, usually for the male occupant of the home, they, you know, direct energies in um, the, the directions of north, south, east, west, that sort of thing. And so the school... Uh, that I was trained at is called the Western School of Feng Shui. And so it takes some of those um, long-held principles and ideas and, you know, kind of wrapped it around into something that's more applicable for our Western culture. And so I think for the most part, if somebody's only just heard a little bit about Feng Shui, they think about uh, moving their furniture around because that's the first thing that, you know, I get from people when, you know, they haven't heard the term before or, you know, they've heard a little bit about it. They go, oh, that's when you move your furniture around. And yes, that is when you move your furniture around, but it also is so, so, so much more than that. And so it really is, what I've discovered is that practicing feng shui is really practicing the study of energy. And so we're all vibratory beings. We're all, uh, you know, quantum physicists are telling us now that we're, you know, every part of this whole world that we live in is all energy vibrating at a specific frequency. And so really the goal then is for us as human beings to increase our own personal vibratory frequency. And in doing so, um, scientifically, we know that we can attract 
uh, you know, it's kind of like the law of attraction. So the the higher the frequency that we vibrate at, then those are the like things that will come to us. And so when we start in our home environment with uh, being aware and conscious that everything is energy, it's connected to us in the unseen forces or the seen forces, and that we can manipulate or uh, cause and affect change to happen by doing some things in our home environment, and it then in turn will cause and affect change in our own uh, personal well-beingness, whatever that is. So um, that's, you know, kind of it in a nutshell, uh, but of course it is more than that. You mentioned um, like dates of birth and the energy around that. How does that translate when you're doing a home with several different people? Like um, can, obviously it still works, but how would that affect? Is there anything special you have to do as well with the different people with their, their own energy with, in regards with the house? Yes, so um, using the date of birth and the specific um, energies of direction associated with that particular individual is practiced more in the Eastern culture because, um, you know, they put the male of the household as the dominant person, and so everybody is kind of subservient under that. And so... um, in the feng shui that I practice through the Western School of Feng Shui, um, we don't really, or I don't, um, take into account everybody's year and date of birth. Okay? Uh, Okay. Because it is very, uh, it's not not a cultural thing that we grew up with. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, yes, can you feng shui your environment? without taking into account um, those spe- that specific information, absolutely you can. And um, it doesn't matter what school of thought or what training someone has, um, you know, applied to their home environment, the end result is that it's still going to work because it's all about energy. And we are attached to the physical things in our environment through this energy, and then it comes down to um, there's emotional attachment. And so there's, you know, different things like that that come into play as well. How does clutter in our homes connect to that energy and the feng shui? Wow, that is... um, It's pretty amazing, actually. Um, I do this little experiment... um, where I will give people pictures of a cluttered environment that is not even their own, right? And ask Mm -hmm. them to give me some words and uh, things that come up for them when they see that. And it's quite amazing that all the words that come up are very uh, disempowering. So it's words like overwhelm, uh, claustrophobic, lazy, um, depression, despair, I mean, all of those kind of negative things. And so what clutter does in our environment is it actually um, keeps us kind of stuck energetically because it can be so overwhelming that we uh, would choose not to be 
maybe in a certain room in our home or perhaps for some people in their whole home. So if if an environment is so cluttered, uh, it's, it's overwhelming emotionally and that they can't deal with it. And so it takes them into inaction. And so if, for example, uh, somebody's entire home was completely cluttered, they might spend more time at work. And if they spent more time at work, chances are they wouldn't have healthy eating habits. And then when they came home, they'd be stressed because they have this overwhelm of all this blocked energy. Chances are they wouldn't sleep well. Chances are it would affect their close, intimate, personal relationships. And see, so then all of a sudden it affects of the quality of their entire life, and it's having an effect on them. And so just by, uh, you know, I've had this experience with clients, and when we start to remove the clutter and organize it, uh, people just, oh, it's like the weight is lifted off their shoulders, and all of a sudden they have a better disposition. And now their vibratory frequency, their personal frequency is vibrating at a higher um, level and all of a sudden they become empowered and it's just an amazing transformation to see and so really clutter creates chaos and the opposite of that is clarity so you know if someone has any area of chaos then you know you might want to look to where they can improve on that and have that clarity um, so yes, clutter is huge. And the other thing about clutter is that sometimes we're holding on to possessions that no longer serve us, but we have a, you know, this emotional attachment to them and we feel, you know, obligated or, um, you know, whatever. There's just so many different scenarios of why we hold on to um, some possessions. And so we can look at them, you know, knowing that maybe they're having an effect on our physiology, on our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health. And we can look at them through a, a new set of lenses and say, you know, do I really need this possession in my home? Is it serving me? And when we look at it that way, it's easy to whew, kind of let go of it. And I know, Janet, you're um, um, closely connected with Jack Canfield. And uh, I know, you know, he uh, does promote um, feng shui on a certain level. I don't know that he calls it that. But, you know, he will say if there are things in your home, if you go through your home and make a list of all the things that um, kind of give you you know, anxiety or that are in disrepair in particular rooms in your environment. And he said, because if you're willing to settle for the little things in life, chances are you're willing to settle on the bigger things as well. And so, you know, again, he recognizes that there's this connection between um, ourselves and our physical possessions. Yes, he does. And he has... uh uh, well, on the secret, he had, there was a woman on there talking about feng shui, and he does have somebody come in. I think that has set up his house when he moved into it. But uh, on on that note, let's take a short break so that when we come back, we can go a little more into this and 
And uh, this has been great, Anita. So uh, it's time for a short break. And when we return, we'll continue speaking to my guest, Anita uh, Adrian, regarding feng shui. Need to book an appointment with a holistic health provider or find resources and products in Edmonton and surrounding area? Not exactly quite sure who to contact or where to begin your search? Your Holistic Earth is the only online holistic marketplace that connects people like you who need help to the holistic health practitioners who provide a complete range of professional services and products. Look no further. Your Holistic Earth is your online holistic marketplace for a healthier and happier you. For everything holistic, visit yourholisticearth.ca. That's yourholisticearth.ca. Welcome back to the second half of Worldly Connections on TLR Station. Before the break, we've been talking to Anita Adrian uh, about feng shui, how it affects our life, how uh, that clutter has a huge effect on on our own energy and how it can affect our environment, our health, and our energy. And so, Anita, can you now go into, um, like, we're coming into a new year. Uh, if I know a friend of mine does some feng shui and where I was in California and she gave us a red envelope, uh, at that, at the event we were in, how do things like the red envelope and coins and that all have to do with feng shui and a new year? Great question, Janet. So, <clears throat> Uh, as I said before, feng shui uh, is an Eastern um, teaching. It, you know, it came to us from the, the Eastern cultures in China, Asia. And so when they use the red envelope, that signifies um, uh, their Chinese New Year, right, which is coming mm-hmm. up. And so those, uh, and there's, you know, the, the Chinese coins and there's the red silk ribbon and there's, you know, Buddhas and uh, frogs with coins and tortoises and dragons and all of those things are associated with feng shui. However, that is based in the Eastern culture. Okay, so mm-hmm. those people grew up with the belief that, um, you know, you give this gift on the Chinese New Year and you present it in a red envelope. And they grew up with the belief that, you know, if you p- place a Buddha at the entrance to your home or uh, use it in your wealth and prosperity area of your home, it'll increase your wealth. So great symbolism. However, it only, um, let's see, how can I put this? So whatever you give the attention to or energy to, it only has the meaning that you give it. So I quite often in my workshops, I'll say to people, you know, um, a lucky bamboo is not going to bring you luck if you're not a plant person and the thing is yellow and dying and it's got bugs on it, right? And so just because in the, the Eastern culture they use these, these uh, symbols, it's symbolism for them. 
So what in your life or what culture did you grow up with that you might have some deep symbolism in some of your own possessions? And so like for me personally, I mean, I grew up in a Catholic uh, home. And so, you know, having a crucifix over the doorway is, you know, a symbol and also to protect the home. And so that's a belief that is around my culture, right? And so I would suggest to people that if they love a Buddha, great, then it should be in their home. But don't go out and rush out and buy the biggest Buddha just because somebody said, oh, that's good feng shui, right? So because we're connected to our possessions emotionally and on a deeper level, what has deep meaning for you? Those are the possessions that should take up space and live with you. That's interesting. Uh, Yeah, I've had that before and and read about the red envelope. So thank you for explaining that a little more. And so how about the furniture? Uh, I know uh, uh, some people talk about bookcases. Like I have bookcases just about in every room of my house. Uh, and I've heard that you shouldn't have a bed facing a window because of energy. And then there's talk about placing a mirror. Can you go into maybe some of, how these things affect us? Yeah, and you know what? Placement of furniture is very important. And again, we look to Mother Nature for clues and, um, you know, how she places things in the environment, right? And so by having a bed, for example, um, under a window. So instinctively, intuitively, uh, we all want to be aware And we don't like when somebody comes up behind us and surprises us. You know, it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant, if you have, you get the first choice, you want to sit in the spot where you have the most um, peripheral or commanding view of the room. So similarly, when we sleep, if you have the bed so that the head of the bed is under the window, we have on this subconscious level this feeling that we could be surprised or attacked, right? Because when you're trying to sleep, that's when you want to be able to relax and really go into that REM sleep. And so without even being aware, people don't know that all of a sudden maybe they're not sleeping so well because, you know, they moved to the new house and there's this huge window and maybe it backs on to the back alley street. And so it affects us on a subconscious level. And especially um, children are very, very um, in tune with energy as are animals. And so recently um, one of my nieces Her little boy, who's two years and a bit, um, they moved into a new home, and I had visited their new home. And so when I went into his his bedroom, I said to my niece, I said, "Um, Ben isn't sleeping very well, is he? And she said, no, Auntie, how did you know? And I said, well, I can tell by his environment. And so she had his bed underneath a window, 
okay? But also his bed was one of those, not really a bunk bed, but one of those elevated ones that are supposed to be fun for kids and it has a ladder. Well, he's Mm -hmm. two years old and here he's sleeping, imagine, in the middle of the room, right? So it's overwhelming. It's a sense of overwhelming for them and they don't feel safe. So I made some suggestions. Well, the next day she phones me and she says, Auntie, uh, you're a miracle worker. I can't believe he slept through the night. This is the first time. And he's continued to do so. And again, it's just because how things, and sometimes they're just common sense things. They go, wow, why didn't I think of that? But it's how we, it affects us on that subconscious level, which is the unseen energy of the fung, right? Yeah, it's. Do you, do you have any other stories? That's a great one, especially for children, right? Do you have oh. any other di- cl- stories that you can share with us on the difference? Because I think that's where a lot of people can connect more when they, we can hear about moving furniture and that, but how it affects how we feel and the stories I think are so important. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I mean, we could go back to the bedroom, Um, with people having mirrors in the bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. Too many mirrors. Um, And so what the mirrors do, right? Mirrors are reflective surfaces. So they reflect light and movement. And again, that affects us on a subconscious level. And so uh, if somebody, again, if they're not sleeping, uh, the first thing I look at is where their position of their bed is and then if there are mirrors. And so I've had clients where they've had these huge mirrored closets, right? Mm-hmm. And and I ask them, are you sleeping well? And they go, well, not really. And I go, okay, well, this is what I'd like you to do. So I ask them to place um, some kind of, you know, maybe an old bed sheet or something um, on the mirrors and just do that for a week and just see if it makes a difference in how they sleep. And for some people, it's made a huge difference. And so then, you know what, they've replaced the mirrored closet doors with regular closet doors. Um, I had a client one time, uh, it was really quite interesting, um, again, in, you know, bedroom furniture placement, where um, I could tell where the the um, the man was sleeping, where the woman was sleeping, simply by how their environment reflects back. And so in this particular uh, instance, I said to them, I said, okay, um, there's not equality here in the relationship. And it turned out that the woman, which I could clearly see, was being like the mother in the relationship. And it was because um, of the way their, their bed was positioned up against a wall. There wasn't two nightstands. Um, she was closest to the alarm clock. So she was the one that had to, you know, wake them up in the morning and get them going and things like that. So we repositioned their bed, uh, got two nightstands, made some equality statement Uh, in that bedroom where we spend a third of our time and it had a shift in their personal relationship. It was just incredible to see um, how that made such a huge, huge difference. Um, Another client owned a home where um, 
they'd had a suite in the basement. And he thought that perhaps it would be uh, more beneficial to rent out the suite or pardon me, rent out the upstairs he could get more money for and he stayed in the suite. But yet he wasn't, um, it was like he wasn't ready to move up in the world and all aspects of his life pointed to uh, him not being treated like he was the homeowner. He was being treated like the renter. That's so interesting, and we're starting to run out of time, and hmm. I love all this information. Is there, uh, can you share with us where somebody might be able to find you uh, to find out more about what you do on a personal, like one-on-one or workshops? Do you have a website we can share? Yes, absolutely. So it's uh, www.fengshui, and that's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I simplyput.com and uh, I do have some uh, hands-on workshops. I do a four-hour workshop in uh, Red Deer, Alberta coming up this new year, uh, this month of January, February, March, April. So uh, they can also send me an email at put at shaw.ca. Um, I do uh, home consultations as well as business consultations. and uh, But yeah, my passion is teaching or empowering people to, to do, um, you know, these wonderful things in their environment themselves. Thank you so much, Anita, for coming and, and sharing uh, today with us. And uh, I believe you're also on Facebook on Feng Shui Simply Put. If anybody yes. wants to go there, I, I saw some, some interesting uh, things on there that you've shared. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. So thanks again, Anita, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me, Janet. Are you interested in appearing on Worldly Connections? Ready to work together and make miracles happen? Then Janet wants to hear from you. Contact her at Janet at FamilyConnect.com. That's Janet at FamilyConnect, spelled C-O-N-N-E-K-T dot com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Tune in next week, same day and time.